James Bond. Charming, sophisticated secret agent. <laughs> Shaken, but not disturbed. <laughs> he must have followed us. I think he got the point. And we're back. How's it going? Everything's good. Down in my new uh, stash and flavor saver, so brightening up the feet a little bit. It looks good. The, the hair, too. You got the Uncle Jesse hair right now. Yeah, it's in the middle of growing out. We'll see what <laughs> happens. You look like you could have auditioned for, like, number six, number seven, number eight during the uh, the Spectre scene. You got, a, you got a good henchman look going on. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. I think that, I think that caterpillar on your uh, upper lip would have really uh, worked well underwater in this movie. I think it would have really been accentuated if it was a black and white film, to be honest. But Yeah, I think so. So anyway, here we are. Welcome back. Shaking Nuts, their definitive James Bond movie podcast, bringing together four totally unqualified idiots, one with a horrific mustache together. Talk about the most successful and influential franchise in cinema history. Here we are, number four, Thunderball. Funny, U.S. audiences. This also released the same year as Goldfinger. So if you lived in the U.S. in 1965, Goldfinger came out in January of 1965. And then it was Thunderball came out in December of 1965. So those alive and going to the movies got a double dose of 007. Interestingly, Terrence Young back directing. He had a conflict in the last one. Richard Maybaum still doing some writing here based on the Fleming book. I'm distracted by DJ's mustache right now. <laughs> uh, between that and your, this is my favorite background for years, Michael. That's my favorite yeah, one so you, far. Thank you. Could you duck down? Yeah. Stay like that for the next <laughs> right here. Yeah. For those listening to the audio only version, I found a behind the scenes footage of uh, all the women walking down the beach taken behind the scenes um, in 1965. It's uh, I think it's the, the best one yet. That bikini, the one or the one piece in the middle, that's like ahead of its time, I feel like. Oh, yeah. You I got mean, the little seat through probably in the goes middle. For a couple of hundred bucks right now. The underboot oh, sure. going on? Classic. Oh, yeah. No, but I'm doing great. I'm excited for Thunderball. Yeah. Sadly, this is probably the high point considering that from about here on. This is going to take a real deep dive because, I mean, I don't know about you boys, but Thunderball is a terrible movie. It's a terrible fucking movie. There's some great parts, but on the whole, it, we're really starting to see a decline here. I mean, this one really falls off for me. I disagree. I love I Thunderball. Disagree. I, think, I think it was a simple but achievable plot here. Stolen nukes. Held for ransom, a, a good twist in trying to acquire those said nukes. No, I think uh, I think overall for the plot here, um, it's not entirely far-fetched as it can be for some uh, Bond villains hatching out these grand plans. Stealing stealing nukes, holding the world for ransom. I'm Pretty not, basic. I'm not, against, I'm not against the plot. I like the plot. I think it's a good plot. I think the execution of this movie was terrible. Grant, it's like we invented, you know, we figured out how to use the underwater camera and we decided that we were just never going to get away from it. It's a very achievable plot, but do we know if he would have got the money, would he still have used the nukes? I doubt he would have been the honest man and just handed over the nukes after getting the money. There was like a few plot holes like that. Simple movie, but the plot I overall enjoyed. Yeah, same. I, I believe I gave it a pretty decent, I gave it a 7.6. I think it is this not the first time to ever do something like this, like still nukes, hold it, hold the world for ransom kind of deal. This is the first time that was actually, uh, you know, holding the world for ransom per se, because you yeah. had Goldfinger, who was just out for getting his own gold, right? And then for Mushroom with Love, the whole thing with Galactic. Yeah, Galactic yeah, was trying to put two nations at war against one another. Right. Right. This one. Which, this was kind of similar. Trying to put two nations at war together, right? Because at first sure. they didn't know who was stealing the nukes, right? So sure. you're just demanding a shit ton of money at the same time. Yep, hundred million dollars worth of diamonds. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. In diamonds to be uh, dropped off somewhere in the the middle of the Pacific. That's pretty good. I scored it a six overall on plot. Not quite as high as Goldfinger or From Russia with Love, but pretty comparable to Doctor No, in my opinion. I went yeah. high. With a nine, I just really overall enjoyed this movie, and I thought the plot was really solid for an early Bond movie. I mean, I, I was at 8.0 on the plot. I liked the plot. I, I like holding everything ransom in case anybody's wondering. In 2020 dollars, it's uh, 840 million dollars is what we're holding up for. You know, basically we're holding the world up for a billion dollars. I, I like the plot. Strong plot. The execution of this movie really, really leaves a lot to be desired for me. 
We get the warhead and we hold the world ransom for one million dollars. <throat> there he is, Largo. Don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. One hundred billion dollars. I think it's also important to always go back and show a good Austin Powers clip to just show how many times that they reference these Bond movies. Absolutely. Oh, this, this, point. Uh, this one specifically, I mean, your villain is number two. Number two. Number two is wearing an eye patch. It yeah. is clear as day. But we'll get to that. We'll get to yeah, that we'll, more. We'll, we'll, um, who does that number one. two work for? When so we get the Bond uh, villain, we'll get into that a little bit. But. Let's talk about uh, our man Sean Connery's fourth performance here as the 007. I mean, listen, I think he's coming off the biggest success of his career so far in Goldfinger. Goldfinger was a huge hit in the box office. And I think he followed it up pretty admirably. I gave him a nine in this one. I thought he was on top of his game, probably a little bit out of his element here on the beach and the water and, and everything. And uh, probably some scenes that he needed uh, some help in with some stunts and stuff like that. But I gave, I gave him an overall nine. I thought he was, he was as sharp as ever. I had him at a nine as well, too, and I had him as, like, a true Aquaman in, in the series. And back to the success from Goldmember, like, this was a really strong, actually, year for Gold Bond. Finger. Yeah, I, did you just call it Goldmember? Yeah. Yes, because he's showing so many awesome <laughs> Powers clips. It's the same movie. Yeah. But uh, there was one article where a movie theater manager, his wife threatened to divorce him because he was there so much, so much hours of the day airing these freaking movies. She wanted to divorce her husband because he was too busy, like, changing the reels of film just to show every James Bond movie. Insane. But a 9.0 again for Sean Connery. I think this is the last strong score for me. Yeah, I would agree with you. I had him at a 9 as well. A lot of one-liners in this one. He had, like, three good ones, I feel like. And, of course, I'm sure we're going to get into it. The bathtub scene with Fiona is probably tops Sean Connery. It was well delivered. Yeah. See, I, I must have been watching a different movie here. I was, I was six zero on this. After Goldfinger, obviously you got some, you get a couple of peak moments, but I think it's mostly valleys in this movie. I'll go back and watch it again. But I, at this point, I think he's starting to become a caricature of himself. It's more about one-liners here and more about quirky and funny and sound effects than it is what we had seen to create this great character. So I was definitely way lower um, on this one. Well, do you think that's more on the writers or do you think that's more on Connery at this point? I, know, I think it's 100% on the writers, right? I mean, I, I 100% think this is on the writers. You know, you're only as good as the material you can work with, right? So, sure. I mean, they're pumping out two movies a year, just making crazy alterations to to Fleming's books at this point. So it's not some of the, uh, it's not some of the newer stuff, some of the better stuff, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Connery's not, like, free-balling and just, like, whipping out these lines by himself. These oh, no, are, no. These are premeditated right. and, and scripted. Yeah, look, I, I think this is a direction that producers and the writers and the directors, I mean, because you got – because what's interesting to me is you have – you've got the same director from the first two movies back. You've had the same – you've had the same writer. Now, your screenplay adaptation are new people. You don't have uh, the famous Joanna Hardwood back. You've got some new folks. So maybe that's – maybe that's part of it. Yeah. Give, uh, give it another watch. I will. I will. <laughs> rolling, uh, rolling on. I think he did a great job, though, with the movie. But after the filming wrapped, I heard he was a complete dick. Skipped the premieres, and he was just over the fanfare and the excess fame of the movie. Hate to see it. I guess, like, coming off Goldfinger in the same year there, wore him down. Now, since we're talking about Connery's performance here, this is the first movie, and we can talk about it a little later, but I guess you got to look at it both in this category and, and, and the opening category. This is Sean Connery's first gun barrel. Yeah. We're four, we're four movies in, and Connery finally gets his first gun barrel because this is what they referred to at the time as Panavision. So the large, widescreen movie theaters is what this was shown on. So because of that, audiences would have clearly noticed that it was Bob Simmons and not Sean Connery on the big screen. So they finally made Sean Connery deliver his gun, first gun barrel. And we didn't have to watch that terrible skip of a gun barrel <laughs> jump turn anymore. Absolutely. Thankful 100 times that. better. Yeah. Thankful for that. One of my favorites. Yeah, this, this, this is a good one. 
This is a good one. I mean, talk about gun barrel sequences. You got like a fucking distinguished turn here, you know? Like, yeah, the arm uh, out. That arm yeah. out, it's so identifiable between them all. Exactly. It is, <laughs> it is a very distinguished, this is Connery's moment. Right. This is also the very first gun barrel to utilize taking the pan off to then pan open to the opening scene. This is the movie and the uh, the cinematography that first patented that. It had not yet happened sure. in any of the previous movies. That's another good fact. So uh, moving on, moving on to uh, to villains here. Number two. Number two. Uh, Mr. Largo, man. He's a good Bond villain. Doesn't quite hold a flame to, uh, to Goldfinger here, but still a decent performance from him. You know, he doesn't have, he has sharks, but they don't have laser beams attached to their freaking heads, Mm -hmm. but they're quite deadly. The eye patch for good looks. You can't put anything past him. He's got Domino in his pocket. This guy has a smoke show, whether it's by choice or not, but enough to, to keep, keep her around. And kind of love the dick measuring contest consistent with Bond throughout the film. Oh, you want to go take Domino into town? Go right ahead. At the end of the night, she's going to come back to me. He, <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, go ahead. What, do you, what you see is what you get here from Largo. He's a villain and he, he lives it. Yeah, and he's got like the first of, of all the Bond villains so far. He's got like the first like identifiable like characteristic or like facial feature to him with the eye patch that we're going to see in later Bond films. So I think that kind of adds a little bit to it. And we got, I comboed in Fiona with my score as well. Because Fiona's a bad bitch. I kind of put Fiona a little bit into the Bond girl score. Yeah, I, I had done the same. I, I, I didn't know where to put her. So I put her in villains. I put her Bond girl and also put her in supporting cast. Because she was like such a major role. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. it. Of yeah. course. There, there, was, there was definitely some bleed amongst all of that. Yeah. Right. I gave I gave him a I gave Largo seven point nine. Nothing overwhelming. Uh, nothing underwhelming as well. I think it's kind of like if I were to rank all the villains and Bonds, uh, he probably ranks somewhere in the middle. I gave him a six point five, but I kind of want to bump that up. I would say he's comparable Doctor No as as a villain. Less screen time for Doctor No as you know Largo is on on screen less than Goldfinger, but still a good amount of time. But overall, I feel like both villains were kind of on the same page. Yeah. Do they ever say with Dr. No what number he is? Did I, did I miss that? Because he's, he's got number two. Yeah, I don't think he ever disclosed his number. No, I don't think so. And okay. I like how uh, Lago was in the fight with his scuba men. Like, he was vulnerable, unlike Goldfinger, who flew in separately. I like when the main villain is face-to-face in the fight. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't really doing a whole lot in the fight, but he was in it. All it takes is one baby. Yep. That the under which we're gonna get into, but since we're talking about the villain, in the underwater fight scene, there's like for him to get away, he just like, that guy. he takes Bond's like goggles off. That's it. Like goggles like Bond <laughs> went blind, gets away from Bond. I did yep. that all the time in the pool to my cousin. It's, like, it's like the underwater <laughs> equivalent of the three stooges doink. Is basically, <laughs> that's, you know, I, I'm real hard on that. Like an old yeah. kick in the nuts. It's a great technique, though. Yeah, it was just like here, go get your hat. I'm out of here. Cheap and dirty. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> look, you, you you love him as a villain, right? You've got the ascot, you've got the the eye patch. He's got the mansion. He's got the yacht. As a bad guy character, he's got it all. I, I wanted more from him. Like I, I really, you, know, you you have you have all these great ingredients here. I, I just don't. Uh, he just could have done more as opposed to just kind of hanging out, right? I mean, the guy's, got, the guy's got sharks. The guy's got the most beautiful, you know, women wrapped around his finger. I just wish they would have done more with the guy. I was with you, D. I was a 6.5. Great serviceable Bond villain here. Now, what's yeah, also interesting, we also get our first real look, the inner workings of Spectre. Yes, you do. Down, two, I think this is a great scene. You know, it goes to show you how, how organized, how squared up, how buttoned up, how professional. Obviously, classic 1960s, not a single woman in the room. How is nobody smoking? I feel like they should all be, like, smoking. Is it, uh, is that Bond in the front, right? It looks like ten. Assassination of Pirange, the French anti-matter specialist who went over to the Russians. Great kill. And look, you got to love it. Absolutely ruthless. Accused of stealing, electrocutes a guy in a chair. You really can't beat it. 
enjoy that scene. And I also enjoy the look into Spectre and how everyone around that table is just referring to them by, by number. Yeah. Everyone loses a name. It's just by number. Yeah. How many numbers are there? Undetermined. Little, I, think a little, I guess you get moved up. Like in that room. Ten or eleven. If someone gets cut off, do you move up and you have to like get all new merchandise and like a new lapel pin instead of ten and you go up to nine? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, like Largo at number two, when he meets his eventual demise, what happens? Is like, is there a new number two? Do you just I mean, does number, num- three number four has number to bump up to number two, right? Because number three is is killed in from Russia with love. Right. Right. Is there is there a new number three? Does number four now become number two? Right? They have number, graduation number five is the one that put the plot together in From Russia with Love. But uh, back to Lago before we move on. In the books, I was reading that uh, he doesn't have an eye patch, but his main characteristic is very large hands and an oversized head, which doesn't do much for me. I, f- I like the eye patch. <laughs> I feel like we were kind of robbed of that. That would, that would have been kind of funny. Very, very large hands. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's one more death that when Bond and that henchman fall in the pool and they're fighting and he like, Closes the pool up and releases the sharks, like <laughs> ruthless. Like one yeah. of the boys is in there, he's dead. That Doesn't was filmed real sharks, and they only paid the stuntman four hundred bucks to do that real life stunt. Yeah, it was a four hundred dollar bonus. Did you see that? Like, we're gonna get into it, but you're speaking of sharks. Like they shot the spear guns, and like one of them hit the shark. It looked pretty real. It did. did. It did look real. <laughs> Well, if like, you notice they, at the end of the movie, there is no disclaimer saying no animals were harmed at the end of the movie. They killed a shark. They well, they did actually. So there's actually in um in one of in one of the scenes where the shark gets pulled through a tunnel, it's actually dead, and they literally pulled it through. <laughs> yeah. Let's go fishing. Wow. I they there's probably Here's the shark the that they shot and in the underwater fight scene. That's probably the dead shark that they just kind of recycled. Zero, zero fucks given about the marine life in this film. <laughs> oh, who gives a fuck? It's a shark anyways, right? Did Robert Shaw, Red Grant, kill the shark and, like, feed it through? I, I just thought that was unbelievable when I saw the scene and, like, they shot the spear gun. It penetrated that shark pretty, pretty good. Deep penetration. Deep. Speaking so, of, so speaking, of deep, speaking of deep penetration, let's move on to the Bond girl. Perfect. Great lead-in. First off, no. I had no idea that Connery has a tattoo on his forearm, but I saw this in the behind the scenes. Huh. I like his, uh, his eye placement here. <laughs> yeah. He's I mean, not looking at her face. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So obviously we have a number of women in, as part of this category. Where, where are we starting here? Has to be Domino. Gotta talk Domino. She's my like all-time favorite individual Bond girl, flawless, always in that black and white. And she did her own stunts. The scene where her foot gets stuck under the rock, there was another scene that was deleted that they removed from the movie. Her bikini top was supposed to float to the surface after Bond rescued her, but they thought that would be too much. She was apparently like a world-class swimmer. Yeah, and did her own stunts. It was like yeah. awesome. Talk a little bit about Domino and Bond's sex scene underwater. Can they just go down in little scuba gear? Do they strip down? Like, how do they get in and out of each other's wetsuits here what's what's happening it's just supposedly they had sex there in the ocean somewhere and then they come back and they're still all in their wetsuits well i don't i don't know if the wetsuits i don't know if wetsuits have changed or they just invented them for this movie but if you noticed and this included with bonds all the wetsuits had like these strange girdles on the bottom that like you got into from like underneath. I'm guessing that's your plausibility there. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Easy but, access. So it I sounds awful. That's how it happens. Everything um, about it sounds awful. Apparently, yeah. uh, when cast when they were casting Claudine Auger for this, there was over 150 women were tried for this, and she beat out everybody. I mean, obviously, she's an absolute knockout. I, I was sky high on this one. I gave her a 9-0. You know, I, all the women in this movie are un, un, unbelievable. Domino, Fiona, Paula, all of them cross the board. They really do hit it out of the park with, with the women here in this movie. The chick, the doctor from the clinic in the beginning was good. Yeah. Smoke. Yep. Yeah, let's factor uh, her in as well. Yeah. No, I, I, I was high on the Bond girl here. 7.5 for me. And that score is driven by Domino. Meanwhile, I'm just going to go into this like, hyperbaric chamber and get locked in here you know <laughs> right yeah let me just lock you in and just sw- sweat you out but yeah. is it just me that little it kind of looked like it felt good like it felt like it would pop your back it looked like it was like a good like readjustment yeah, I mean, almost it definitely like until they turned it up if used correctly i think it was yeah it looked, it looked pretty good 
Yeah, said I gave I gave the Bond girls here a 7.5, mostly driven by Domino, but Fiona did factor into my score, and I Fiona was a badass. Talking about a little bit about the clinic, Fiona sleeps with Angelo <laughs> just to get just to get in, and then obviously she offs him so they can put the replica guy in. Great like subplot of the movie too. That's that's all Fiona's doing there. She's the one that is driving that one. I'll tell you the one thing, though, is they really don't do any justice to Paula. First, look, can we talk about her for a minute or two? All of a sudden, now Bond has an assistant who, of course, obviously, she's a complete smoke show. She's pretty badass. But all of a sudden, she gets captured, and then she's just dead, and Bond's just like, later, see ya. And just, just leaves her in, like, the basement of the mansion. He's just like, all right, well, she's dead, time to go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just totally, totally, yeah. you know, does not do her any justice. She no. must have um, Yeah. Well, as score-driven this was from Domino, Fiona really was a great character, in my opinion, as well. Like, as strong of a Bond girl as Domino was, Fiona was just as strong as the Bond girl antagonist, I yeah. guess. She kills Lippy too. Count Lippy gets yeah. off by Fiona. Fiona's got a pretty good head count in this one. Uh, yeah. Big head count. Hey, let's talk about the bathtub scene. Can we talk about it? Is this yeah, a category I mean, we can talk about? It's either here or in the quotes, right? So we, we got to bring it up somewhere. I agree with you. I had a uh, 7.4, so right, right next to yours, DJ. And I agree with you. I side more with Fiona than Domino, which I like Domino, but Fiona, super hot, super aggressive, badass. She's killing guys. That bathtub scene, probably my favorite. Of all Bond films. Great scene. Great, great scene. scene. And, um, and great banter with Bond. Yeah. Uh, throughout. throughout. I mean, that, that scene itself was was great between the two of them. Yeah. I was at a 9.5 9. as well. And we keep on forgetting Domino kills Lago. Huge points. Oh. Hello. Oh. Aren't you in the wrong room, Mr. Bond? Not from where I'm standing. Great line. Stack. Stay here. Would you mind giving me something to put on? <laughs> <laughs> Sits down, crosses his legs. <laughs> I like that she's just not putting into any of his shit. And the best part of it, like, Bond knows she's bad. Oh. He's, he saw the ring that she's wearing, which this is the first time we see the Spectre ring, right? I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Right. I think so, actually. Yeah, that Fiona's wearing when she picks him up in that in the car. When it flying down the road. Flying down the road. Here's, here's my other thing is Fiona, Charlie, that's a good point. She's wearing the Spectre ring. Yeah. Is that Largo's ring? Is Fiona a member of Spectre? Just one of Largo's associates? Because I'm assuming all these associates are just Spectre by default because their leader is part of it. Yeah. I, 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 guess, I guess that brings us to a larger question of the, uh, of the corporate structure of Spectre. The henchmen that work for Largo, are they members of Spectre? Are they independent contractors? Are they getting 1099s? What's going on here? Yeah, because she has her own, like, her own henchmen. In her death scene, you see like these guys that are like, you know, surrounding Bond. She's like probably directly like affiliated with Spectre, and that's why she has the ring. She was just dead. <laughs> Mind if she sits this one out? She's just dead. Great yeah. quote. Yeah. I mean, well, well, we're gonna get to all these and talk a little bit more in detail. Yeah. I think the Bond girls in this film were were class. They're class. Yeah. They great kills and great deaths. Except for Paul. Yeah. Yeah, it sucked for her. Paula didn't, she didn't really do anything for me. <laughs> Your mustache, man, it's top. You gotta keep it. I might leave it for a while. Who knows? Okay, okay. Could get used to it. Yeah. You, out there? 100%. We might get some feedback here. I love it. Hey, you can't talk about bonds cars gadgets and not start with the jetpack oh of course of right. course the jetpack to aston martin combo aston martin's back baby to be honest with you that's where it kind of ended for me for the like gadgets and cars after that open scene i just wasn't really impressed with any of the gadgets yeah, i, I agree. disagree with that. disagree I, I liked the realism of the watch geiger counter and and the breathing apparatus like the breathing no. apparatus is totally believable well it's believable but they say that it only works for X Damn amount of time. And yeah. we've clearly seen how long that fight sequence was underwater. And that's all he's using. Yeah. Until he gets like some <laughs> used up fucking tanks. Like, there, was an up, yeah. there was an update. Before that, it's clearly stated like this is only for emergency like 
Yeah. You know, I, I forget how much time they actually used. Clearly, Bond was over that amount of time. In that I mean, he, he had to have used the four minutes up just in the Shark Tank. Yeah. Yes. Just in the Shark Tank. So, yes, it, it's practical, but the execution of that was terrible. Trey, I agree with you. The jetpack was great. You got to mention it. Aston Martin's back. Perfect. <laughs> I put spear guns in there just because there's something else. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this when I was rewatching the fight sequences. I guess if you're going to do an underwater fight, outside of basically having a submarine that shoots torpedoes, there really is nothing else to have to successfully fight underwater. You have to have spear guns. Like Regular guns aren't going to work. Bullets aren't going to fire. I mean, lasers aren't going to work. You're not going to fight people with diving knives. So, I, mean, I guess you really were actually were kind of limited to what you could use in theory. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I included it in my score, but I scored it pretty low overall. I gave it a four total. Pretty much close to Dr. No, which had basically nothing. The jetpack underwater with the yellow uh, dust that came out with the two spears, uh, the camera Gaga counter. Well, I also get a kick out of two. This is like the one or two times, I think, in Bond history that Bond wears a helmet. <laughs> Safety first. <laughs> and where did he get it? Where did he get the helmet? No idea. Yeah, and how did they place it there? Yeah, like he just, it's off screen. He just pulls the helmet out and just slaps it on. I did read that there was only two people in the world at the time who were like certified to use a jetpack. And it was one of the stuntmen. I I think I read something. Did that like particular jetpack come from like the U.S. military or something like that? I am uncertain. I think so, but I'm actually not sure. I think they came from like our military at the time. Like it's like a prototype or something. I may be wrong. I thought I read something. So while the U.S. military has real-life jetpacks, the British believe that underwater breathing apparatus is a real thing. <laughs> USA 1, bad yeah. guy, zero. 100%. <laughs> Allies. I gave it a, I gave it kind of a low score, too. I gave it a 5.5, which is a little bit higher than the Dr. No, and I think it's a little bit higher than my Russia score. Just This movie didn't really do nothing for me as far as the uh, gadgets go. Yeah, I'm down to a 6.5. You Guys brought up really good points, and I knocked my score down a half a tick. I was high here on the score, that is. I like the realism of it. You know, I like the underwater stuff. I liked the things carrying the A-bombs. I liked the underwater breathing apparatus. Like, I like the real-life spy shit, which is probably why I put this up a little higher than, than I probably should have. And the Disco Valente was a great boat, too. And at the end, it just comes out with, like, the giant machine guns. Oh, I mean, it just it splits apart, and there's like a, a high-speed version, which if I can find the clip, like when they show like the video footage sped up, it looks like the boat's going at about 1,000 miles an hour, completely yeah. out of control. Oh, yeah. They said it translates to flying saucers, so. Did anyone think you saw the name of the boat that it was just a great name for the boat? Oh, yeah. it's a great name for a boat. Great name for the boat. It's like fantastic. I wonder how many like Bond fans that own a boat are just like, yeah, this, that's going to be my name. I think I might name my, my kayak that. I'm all good on, on guns, cars, gadgets. I got nothing else to say about that topic. All right. <laughs> Same. Henchman supporting cast. It's the first time we get a real big look at, uh, at MI6, right? We get to see all the double O agents in a room getting brief, everybody getting different assignments, and Money Penny calling uh, M old man. And you get another Felix here, and you get a great scene with Q. You get the, the look in MI6 just as much as you get the look in the Spectre. Yeah. I think I think both of those are are strong points as far as henchmen go. Like we talked a little bit about Fiona during the Bond Girl, but she mm-hmm. affects more because she is essentially a henchman as well with her own henchmen. So she's like lead henchman with supporting mm-hmm. cast henchmen. Count Lippy, I threw in here too. I I just enjoyed their back and forth, man, at the clinic. The guy's a fucking putz. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't do anything right. Tries to kill Bond on the backbreaker machine and can't do it. And then like just decides like, hey, you know, there's this fucking secret agent here at the clinic, but I'm gonna just leave myself vulnerable here and get completely <laughs> fucking locked into this machine. Yeah, we we finally start we're finally starting to see like that classic Bond totally incompetent henchman character yeah. really being being developed and i'm probably a little lower in my score than i should be because you get these great looks but like the stuff that annoyed me is you have these armies of unnamed diving henchmen and seals you don't know who they are it's just you've got no like affinity for any of them in these underwater fight sequences and there's just so much of it it's just the black suits versus the orange suits underwater and that, and that's where I bumped a lot. I thought the casting of Vargas, just because he has probably the most 
punchable face of anyone of the henchmen so far. You just see him and you want to just cold cock him. And he doesn't, he doesn't do anything, anything for fun. Yeah. He does not he doesn't do anything. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't fuck. What does he do? He does nothing for fun. And they had to state it. I like yeah. the whole Angelo aspect too when he hijacked the plane and like guided it into the water demanding more money. Weak death for him though, but... uh. Now, what did, you, what did you think of this Felix? I thought this Felix was better than Goldfinger Felix. Yeah. He did I agree. I honestly... All the Felixes so far, meh. Yeah, I mean, th- this one, he came off as, like, the most used car salesman-like Felix. I mean, like, he looked yeah. like he was going to try to sell me something. Sure. Um, I like uh, I like him better than, uh, than Goldfinger. Goldfinger Felix, I was, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I like a little bit of a younger Felix, I guess. Not one that's so much older than Bond, I guess. I, I agree. Think about, like, all the interactions between, like, Bond and Felix. Like, Felix is one of Bond's best friends in my book. Right. You can't have a 30-year difference in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to you gotta imagine that outside of Bond getting, like, Kareem Bay as his boy, Felix, <laughs> right. I feel like you can, you, you got to believe, like, whoever's playing Felix has to be on par with Bond. Don't believe that when he's that much older. Yeah. Going back, I would probably say Dr. No is probably my favorite Felix so far. So far, like yes. The original one? But, Soup, I know you're going to want to bring this up. How about our boy Q? Oh, I have something about his pineapple Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, let's hear made, it. Made the movie. <laughs> he was ready for the vacation. <laughs> he was ready. For, he was on vacation. He had his cruise wear going. Q, Q is great. There's nothing else to say about him other, other than complete aces. Absolutely. He must have been working remotely from the uh, Boca Raton office. <laughs> Collectively... I gave it a 6.1, though. I was at a 5. Move me, uh, move me up to a 5.5. I had it low. I was 4.5. The more I talk through it, I probably need to give it a little bit more. The, the, over, the overwhelming number of unnamed support and henchmen, though, really kind of, toward the end of the movie, really kind of bored the hell out of me. But there, even, are, there are some great characters here. Even, like, yeah. the random guy at the end who saved a domino from getting raped at the yeah. end. I can't swim. Like, <laughs> good on you, bro, but who are you? Yeah, where did he come from? Good guy, though. Good guy. Good guy. Good, Good guy. guy. All right. Any anything else? I'll. She always runs while others walk. He What do we think, boys? I I am super high on Thunderball as a song. Um, Love Tom Jones. Um, Fun fact. This high note right here. That's what I was going for. Play it. Play it. I was going to. So much to that high note that he passes out. Yep, he passed out when he recorded it. <laughs> he committed. He committed. Not I didn't Listen, know that. I love this as a Bond song. I hated it as an opening sequence. Um, you didn't like when he beat I, up I the, the person in drag? The credits were great. The credits were great, but the cross-dressing widow, uh, the guy faking his own death, for me, just obviously Bond, the only reason that he couldn't tell the guy was uh, not his widow is because he opened the door for himself. You're telling me like Bond can't just spot that that's a dude. (laughs) I think overall in comparison, if you're doing the song by itself, it's going to stand in probably close to my top five, but the cross-dressing widow and the fight that follows with the jetpack escape and everything brings me to a 5.5. Tom Jones can only carry the score so much. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, again, this goes back to my problem with the plot, right? All the ingredients for this movie are great. It's just the execution of it is just not there. Like, you get a great gun barrel sequence that finally includes Connery, and then it's just not a great sequence. But then you get the jetpack, and then you get the big brass lead-in of this awesome song with terrible imagery with it. Thankfully, you got this big 60s band sound that really saves it. You know, I was a little higher than you. I gave a lot of, you know, I gave a lot of credence because I like the song so much. Love the um, song. 
you know, I mean, it's it's classic because the uh, it was actually composed by John Barry, who composed all of the other movies. So it has that quintessential big band brass sound. I you know I was seven five on this. There's a lot of a lot of it here that falls short. Just in comparison, this is my lowest so far scoring of an opening sequence. Mm-hmm. I gave sixes to both Dr. No and From Russia With Love. Thunderball getting a 5.5 here with a clearly superior song, yeah. I think, than From Russia With Love. And Dr. No, which was really just the iconic Bond theme, but it was it was kind of like cement shoes, man. It it yeah. brought brought the, the opening credits sequence down. It was really bad for me. I don't, I don't know. I really wanted to score it higher. Kind of regret lumping this into one category. Maybe we should have did five and five just so it sticks out. I love most songs, but some openings are just brutal. I gave it uh, originally a 6.8. I'm probably going to bump that up a point. I like the fact about Tom Jones passing out. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good fact. But I, I don't know. I, I, watched the, I watched the Austin Powers movies before I watched Thunderball. <laughs> Yep. So watching him fight this crossdresser is just absolutely hilarious to me. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I'm going to bump it up to a 7.8. It's a man, baby. It's not a woman. It's a man, baby. <laughs> like, I, I had it at an 8.0. I also just like the mermaidish kind of women swimming in the credits. The credits were great. Yeah, credits is good. Like it's probably, uh, as far as like, if you were just taking the opening credits... I like it better than Goldfinger. Just the opening credits, like sequences and everything. Maybe not so much the song, but like the opening credits, the women swimming over like just the women in gold. Yeah. If we're just scoring that, I would probably... Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, getting, you're definitely getting way better execution, right? You're not getting like yeah. weird, weird reflection on gold bodies, but... Yes. It's getting to where these classic Bond films are heading towards. This is it. Right. Let me show you, baby. That ain't no woman. It's a man, man. <laughs> it really is awesome. so good so good moving on to the last couple of categories and this is for me where great ingredients poor execution and, and these scores i think reflect this i'm a 4.0 in, in your quintessential chase and action scenes these fall so flat for me bond swimming around behind plexiglass avoiding dead sharks bond sneaking around bond 300 guys maybe under underwater depending it, it, the whole you know, the out of control boat speed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, the, the ridiculous boat speed. And and not crashing into anything. Like they were flying over like I, what looked like sandbars and or whatever out of like the windshield of this boat. It's it, it makes me sick a little bit watching it. It did. Like, watching the natural scene kind of makes me sick. Out of control. I also think the underwater fight scene was amazing and terrible at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Very you're, different. You're watching this, you're like, this is really happening. Holy shit. Like <laughs> And it's just like a whole bunch of guys flopping around, like their flippers are going crazy. Just it lasted too long. That, that fight lasted long. forever. Way too long. I feel like they have all these spear guns and everything. And they're, cutting so other, like, they're cutting each other's like air supply. How do I also they- think some of the execution of this is ridiculous. So I actually had found a new website that's th- that does individual breakdowns of every death in all of the Bond movies. When you see the when you see the overhead view of you know of the Spectre agents swimming, what is there? A dozen guys, maybe. What do they drop? 15, 20, give sure. or take. Yeah. The way they broke this down every time somebody dies on screen or like there's like bodies in the background. So the scene is so poorly crafted that there's during the underwater battle scene, there are 87 deaths. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Like you said, like you're just cutting the air supply. Here's the question, like how deep underwater were they when they were fighting here? 30 feet. It didn't look too deep. They were right to the top. You put your air supply, you can't get to the surface. Like you're not dead. You're not dead. You can get you can get to the surface. No I mean, problem. You're, you're just I mean, they're, in the, they're in the Caribbean here. And look, and I just know this. I, I went and got my scuba diving certification when I was in college. So I, I uh, know to watch about, this movie. Uh, just to watch this movie. They're they're in the Caribbean, right? So if you are if you are less than thirty feet deep, you don't need to do any kind of calculation for nitrous in your blood. And they're in the clearly shallow Caribbean, right? You can see these guys from the plane. So they can't be any deeper than 25 feet. You know, unless they're being held down with cement shoes, every one of them can, one, fire to the surface, and two, do it safely. It's farcical to think that you're just going to cut somebody's air supply and they're just going to die underwater. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but I can appreciate the underwater, like, filming. So I I gave it a 6.5 just because of, like, I know how groundbreaking this was at the time to film something like that. So I gave it a little bit of a higher score than probably I should have. Keep disguised. I have it on in the background here. I uh, I gave it a four. 
I was a four point. I was a four point oh here too. It it just lasts so long. You but you guys are forgetting another key chase. I I factored in when they would uh, Fiona was chasing Bond throughout the parade. It ended with the death. Yes. I that in my scoreboard. It was a foot chase. I just want to get to the part where the, the, the shark goes by him and there's clearly a giant piece of like plexiglass in front of him. It didn't cover the whole way though, they were saying. Yeah, I, I read that. But... So which shark is dead? I, I want to see like... I think it's the one that gets pulled past him. Okay. I think it, the very last one. All right, so now we're with the four minute count. The four minute timer is now on. Same timer on the golden icon. Uh, Goldfinger, duh. Okay, so it's, it's going to be this one? No. no, that one was real because oh, Connery was terrified because he actually almost got bit by one. Okay, so it's the one where like he's about to swim inside. I think it's that one. I think it's the one where he's inside. He's inside of it, and like he's like face to face. And it's yeah. a wooden hatch inside of a pool. It makes no sense. That one? Yeah, the one. I, that... <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, like here, I'll pull it back again. So like, this thing is clearly. Which, I mean, it's got to be dead. If I'm Connery, I'm like, there's no way. Yeah, that, that one's alive, and then we cut here. That thing is clearly dead. Its eyeballs closed. Look, like, and is that not a spot pushed. where the spear gun hit it? I think they patch it up with some uh, Bondo. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. I'm learning a lot on this episode. I got to tell you guys. And uh, back to Trey's point before, where you were saying like the scene, uh, the underwater scene was like the fir real first underwater fight. They really had that plane underwater. And after the movie uh, fil uh, stopped filming, they blew it up just so nobody else could be an asshole and use it for another movie. Wow. I respect that. Yeah. I respect I the hell out of that. You'd think you'd have better like fight sequences and better chase scenes. Because we have the largest number of body count here, right? The last movie, I think you we were in the 60s. So you're up to 110. Just, just from Bond or just people dying in general? 110 body count on screen. Bond has 20 kills. Damn. Can we compare? Like, I don't know if, we're, if this is the plan, but can we compare the body count between all the different Bonds? Sure. Try we to. Can, we can Let's pull do. those together, I think. He was, um, he was, yeah. 66, it was 66 in the last one. Bond has 20, 20 kills. In this movie, and the total body count is 110. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that goes, comparable in, in between. In this Excel spreadsheet, I've got like critic rankings, song rankings. We're gonna have Bond girl rankings, and we're gonna have villain rankings. But we can throw in like just total Bond kill count and total yeah. body count too. As I well. think that'll factor into our Bond rankings. Kill per movie. Make or... another tab for it. That's not a problem. So I've got a I've got a whole data sheet actually. Up to this point, there are 12 deaths total in Doctor No. 27 in From Russia With Love, 77 in Goldfinger, and 110 in Thunderball. Bond kills. Bond's got four kills in Dr. No, 11 in From Russia, 9 in Goldfinger, and 20 in Thunderball. Again, we're assuming that a lot of those kills were in that underwater fight scene. You're yeah. just cutting the air supply and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, there's, there's 90, 90, um, 90 of them. I mean, the underwater... So the one guy I found actually breaks down every single one of the underwater. And they should randomly show 55 dead divers. How about this URL, alloutofbubblegum.com? Oh, it's great. Yeah, and the, the Guardian does a breakdown too. So Guardian also has the same numbers. I like this. Solid. Yeah, that's solid. Just a quick like sidebar. Who do y'all think is going to have the most? Body count, as far as all the bonds. Which film? I mean, just we're going to get ahead of ourselves, but I'm just interested. I, I know some of the Daniel Craig ones has an enormously high one, but he's I promise, a, I, I promise I have the answers up in front of me already. Because they add the chart. So here's a tougher question: Which one has the lowest body count by 007? Uh, I would say Dalton, if I was going to guess. But is total, there? A, are you talking about total or to, total or movie? I'm talking about one particular movie. If anybody can think of it, I have it in front of me. So would it be Doctor No. Your Majesty? No. MJ, without looking, would you have? What would you guess? Guess be? Um, I probably would have guessed if I if I was putting three where his body counts lowest. This one probably would be up there. I just I didn't realize how low it was until I saw it. Man, so, man with the golden gun. Man with the golden gun. Oh, one kill only. Sense. Oh, Bond kills. Bond yes. only. Bond kills. Person. Yeah, that makes more sense. 
I mean, there's only six total kills in that movie. It's the it is it, it is the lowest of any of the bonds. Because Sheriff J. W. Pepper was on duty, but back to Thunderball. Uh, all right. Quotes, deaths, total scores. All right, quotes. Quotes like five point five. I thought there were some good ones, but there's not too many that were quotable. I would say you don't have a lot like in the previous bonds where they kind of last forever. You know, a lot of these were were good in scene. Mm-hmm. And good deliveries from Bond, but nothing. None like of them are memorable. Legendary, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I was a five-five here. It was like all like cheesy, like innuendos, like "Wait till you get to my teeth," or like first time I tasted woman." <laughs> yeah, I gave it a six point two. There's one line that I liked is whenever, like, I guess the scene after Bond and Fiona make love, and she kind of reveals herself to be like this bad guy or bad girl or whatever. And he just tells her, don't flatter yourself. I did this for queen and country kind of deal. It was, that was a good one. Also in the same token, we're going with Fiona. He gets in the car and he's just like, men just don't like to be taken for a ride. Yes. It's another good quote. <laughs> yes. That's another good one. There was one kind of one that was repeated a few times. Like I've grown accustomed to your face. I don't know if he was the first one to drop that or if they took it from a different movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's good. I don't know. And of course, uh, don't mind my friend. She's just dead. <laughs> you know? That was a good one. I think he I got. I wonder the- if uh, no, I never thought about it, but I wonder if I wonder if they stole that when uh, when Schwarzenegger kills the guy on the plane in Commando. Please excuse my friend; he's dead tired. Probably Schwarzenegger found- delivers it so much better though. So the chick he originally danced with at the party, I found a fun tidbit about her. She appeared as a poker player in Casino Royale. Oh, really? Yeah, like, like just a random girl. He's like, oh, is that your uh, wife? The original or like yeah, in, the, in, the, in no, the 06 in, reboot or the 67? In, in, re, in the reboot, which was like shocking to me. Wow. Hmm. Very shocking. Yeah. Villain deaths, conclusion of the movie. Well, we didn't get everyone's scores here on quotes. Oh, I'm sorry. I Quote, gave it a 5.5. I, I was 5.5 five also. Quotes, I'm at a 7. Uh, 6.2, so we're all about in the same area. Nothing legendary, but pretty good. You know, I know we talked about a lot of the fights, some of the deaths, but penultimate death of uh of number two uh, i mean my my takeaway is that in hand-to-hand combat number two just can't fight to save his fucking life i mean it's terrible it's terrible i mean unless he's underwater fighting even but... then he's pulling the goggles off yep yep <laughs> it's dirty uh, though i like it <laughs> i kind of lumped fiona's death at the carnival into this one so when soup was scoring that with the chase scene i scored it with the villain death i thought it was good death bond does the whole switcheroo again turns around and spins her right into damage like good old bond you know not worried about putting a body in harm's way or a vehicle yep but i think domino killing largo was another another good one uh the second time now in four films that the Bond girl killed the bad guy, right? It's following from Russia with love. He's smooth with uh, Fiona's death. Like, he covers up that bullet. Like, yeah. he's just shot, like, bam. Covers it up and just lays her down. Yeah. It was really, uh, really smooth. I, I gave the conclusion total and the villain deaths a seven. Thought it was it was good. Wasn't great. Some decent deaths in there, but nothing, nothing earth-shattering. I'm at an 8.5 right now. I was low. I was four here. And the, 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 and obviously, you know, I give more credence to the death of the final villain. I think I, I weight that heavier than some of the other deaths. I think you have to, I think that that final scene in the, you know, when they're fighting and the, the cockpit of the, the boat is just awful. I mean, it's just bad. You've been rough on this category. I'm looking forward to some of the future better deaths to see how far you go and see what you rank as a good one. Yeah, and we're about to get into these Roger Moore films where every ending is about to be the exact same. Literally every ending. So I, I kind of factor that into my like conclusion as well. Uh, it's going to weigh a little bit heavily, like the balloon going up in the air. And the airplane taking off and Bond and his like girl by his side just flying through the air. I thought I mean, it was he, gets, he, gets, he gets picked up by like the uh, the air pickup thing. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally get yanked. It's clearly a bo- it's clearly like a body dummy. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, it's, it's just it's ridiculous. It is a real life technique though. They they did do that in the past. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a real thing. We're about to get into these Roger Moore movies where he's always having sex at the end, and MI6 is always somehow watching it. Yeah. It was yeah. a little bit of a lip slip at the end, too. Yeah. Yep. So 8.0 for me on the conclusion, uh, villain deaths. I thought Fiona's death, like DJ said, way better than Largo's. Largo's was meh. Fully agree. 8.5. You want me to roll into 
the the wrap up of the scores. You got something? Uh, wrap it up. All right. So I mean, wrap, wrap. I mean, wrap up the scores. I mean, obviously, the only thing was, I mean, obviously, in comparison to all of the others, this was these. The total budget for this bond was more than the other previous three combined. It was also the highest grossing at the box office, despite the fact that, you know, many of us here don't think this is one of the best. Not not a lot of things totally memorable here. Yeah, I agree. Overall, right now, we've got Supel scoring at the highest with an 80. Trey scored at the second highest with a 71. I actually adjusted that in this episode, so it's going to be 72. 72. All right. Which one did you adjust? Do you know which point? Yeah, the uh, opening credits uh, song I went from a 6.8 to a 7.8. I adjusted my henchman to 5.5, too. Henchman got adjusted to 5.5 in the episode. Yep. All right, solid. So, so yeah, Trey had a 72 then. Uh, Mike came in at 64, and I came mm. in at 60. So I'll, I'll run through Trey's scores here. Obviously, there were some scores changing throughout the episode here as we were talking about it. So if any of these sound off, just let me know, and I'll, I'll correct them. But... Trey's got the plot at a 7.6, the Bond performance at a 9, the Bond villain 7.9, Bond girl at 7.4, Guns, Cars, Gadgets 5.5, the song and opening sequence is 7.8, supporting cast 6.1, chase and fight scenes at a 6.5, the quotes at a 6.2, and the conclusions and deaths at an 8. Does that sound right, Trey? Yeah. All right, we'll go to Soup over here, high score in Soup. Yep, I'll, score, I'll stop you when uh, I made changes. All right, so I got the plot at a 9, Bond performance at a 9, Bond villain at an 8.5, Bond girl at a 9.5, Guns, Cars, Gadgets at a 6.5, song and opening sequence at an 8, supporting cast at a 6.5, chase fight scene at a 7, quotes at a 7, and conclusions and deaths 8.5. Perfect. 79.5 overall. Mike, I've got the plot at an 8, Bond performance at a 6, Bond Villain, 6.5. Bond Girl, a 9. Guns, Cars, Gadgets, an 8. Song Opening Sequence, 7.5. Supporting Cast, 5.5. Chase Fight Scene, a 4. Quotes, 5.5. And Conclusions and Deaths, a 4. Rounding out to 64. And for myself, I've got Plot at a 6. Bond Performance at a 9. Bond Villain, 6.5. Bond Girl, 7.5. Guns, Cars, Gadgets, a 4. Song Opening Sequence, a 5.5. Supporting cast of five, chase fight scenes of four, quotes of 5.5, and conclusions and deaths of seven, bringing me to a 60, which ties my Dr. No score at a 60. So I've got a tie here, but overall, I think I enjoy Thunderball a little bit more as a movie than I did Dr. No. Anything else? Just an overall really great movie, and I think in the whole Bond series, this might be my favorite back-to-back two movies. Yeah, I got it about, it's probably going to land somewhere in my top 10. I got it just above... Dr. No, just under from Russia. So it's probably going to land within my top 10 for sure. Yeah, I think I think overall it, it flirts, flirts with the top 10 here for sure. I don't think, you know, I don't think it's going to crack my top five, but it probably falls in that top 10. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it'll make my top 10. It'll, you know, be in my top 12-ish. You know, it might just fall outside, the, outside of that for me. Yeah. Let's close it out with a memorable scene um, designed to honor this movie. Do you mind if I join you? Not at all. 17? Boot Nazi. Hit me. You have 17, sir. Yeah, it would be so much better. I like to live dangerously. 4. 21. I'll stay. I suggest you hit, sir. I also like to live dangerously.